And we are back on the KYMM Morning Show. Joining us now in our studio is uh, Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell, along with City Administrator Ben Marty. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What are you doing over there, Ben? My <laughs> <laughs> the phone fell out of my pocket. So. Oh my Sorry, I won't be distracted I while I'm on the radio. I, I what are you doing thought. over there, Jeff? <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to organize this whole thing. <laughs> ben keeps dropping his phone and... <laughs> messing up everything. Uh, council, welcome. Uh, you had a council meeting last night, City Hall Council Chambers. So let's uh, talk a little bit about that. Why don't we start off by talking right off the bat, uh, State Representative Christy Purcell uh, joined and gave you kind of a presentation on what's happening in the state legislature. Uh, what did you find out? Yeah, so it was really great to have Representative Purcell in. That was the first time that we'd had her in. Sometimes we've, and hopefully we'll do it more regularly, where we'll have our state legislators come in and just kind of give us an update on what's happened in, uh, in the previous legislative session. And uh, Chrissy is well-known within our community, former Cannon River Watershed Partnership, I believe director, executive director, I can't remember what her title was, but... Just a long-time Northfielder, so it was just great to have her in there and hear from her what, what happened. You know, oftentimes uh, when the legislature uh, adjourns for the uh, year in uh, May, just before the, the summer, um, a lot of things get done fast and furious there towards the end, and it kind of takes about the whole summer or so yes. for, to, to have some of the uh, dust settle and, and yeah. figure out you know, how it affects locally here. Right. Uh, were there any items that uh, you had questions about or that, that she commented on that, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, were clarified a little bit more since, uh, since the legislative session ended? Sure. And I'll just start, and then Ben can add in here. So one of the really big wins for our community and our region around here is the Milltown's trail bonding dollars of $8.1 million. And so Representative Purcell was uh, spoke alongside myself and Councilor Davin Sokup. Who else did we have? We had, I believe, oh, and uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, Executive Director Jane Bartha was there as well celebrating the $8.1 million uh, that we received to help implement or um, it's, it's like there's a gap in this major statewide trail. And so th- these bonding dollars will help us to fill that gap so that people can ride their bikes all the way from Mankato to beautiful Red Wing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, just a lot of beautiful countryside out there. And so people like to get out and utilize it. And so that was really big for that, our community. That has been a very conspicuous gap for, uh, I don't know how Long. many decades. <laughs> but uh, we can close that and, and, and finish up with the uh, Milltown Trail. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, no offense, I think it's a great thing. But boy, we've been talking about that for like 35 years since yes. I came to town. Let's right. get it built. Yeah. You know, right. one of the things that I think is amazing about that, Jeff, is that for 35 years, people have stayed on course, on on vision, and they have sought to continue to implement it. That's a lot of leaders. That's a lot of volunteers. That's a lot of city staff members. And it's just amazing to see it. Uh, we're really close yeah. come to fruition here. That's so. two or three generations of yeah. leadership there. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I recognize all those people. Ben, did you find out anything last night that you didn't know before from a legislative uh, session? Well, maybe I'll just call, 
comment on some specific funding assistance that the city received from the state. So local government aid, which again, it, besides property taxes in Minnesota, we have very little alternative revenue sources we can use to fund basic services for the city. Um, but we did receive uh, funding uh, increase of a little over half a million, getting us to about 3.86 million in local government aid from the state. That started back, I think, in the 70s or so with the Minnesota Miracle, that the yeah. concept was every community across the state can be healthy, and the state's going to help uh, achieve that by adding some sales tax dollars to put to local government so we can have roads uh, you know, uh, police response, basic kind of services for communities. Unfortunately, the state hasn't kind of kept up that bargain vision originally, but with the budget surplus that they had this year, uh, we did receive a very a healthy increase on local government aid. We appreciate that. Um, certainly is needed at this time for Northfield. We also had a smattering of other things that we received. Uh, $75,000 we're getting for some housing aid going to, that we'll be able to use for HRA, our housing activities, to create workforce housing, affordable housing initiatives for the city. Uh, we have the uh, mobile home pilot program where Representative Purcell specifically worked to get 300000 to try and do a one-time funding for replacing some substandard units, um, hopefully to get to a more ownership model-driven uh, opportunity for, for some of our uh, people living in some uh, conditions that we'd like to see improved. And last of all, family medical leave. The city of Northfield implemented some additional leave locally uh, to be able to help, as an example, um, uh, young mothers and fathers to be able to care for their their kids for a period of time as well as if you have aging adults that are have, experiencing challenges to a, provide a little additional assistance the state is phasing in a new family medical leave program kind of like an insurance type uh, program that's set up where we're all going to go together including private sector to be able to uh, provide leave for families so that they can still get paid while they're away. So we'll be able to phase off of our city program and phase into that one. We're not sure that's going to be necessarily cost savings because there will be a cost to us to be able to provide that, but we'll be able to phase out our local program and more go into the state model. So those were a few of the larger financial impacts specifically for cities. Uh, she covered a whole host of other things, uh, but those were a few I pulled out. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Wall Street Road. We have talked about the uh, planning uh, for uh, some road construction construction out there and that's for the this is for the 2024 season yep. right this is next year yes. uh you made some uh, alterations to the uh uh to the uh, designs i guess last mm-hmm. night is that a correct mm-hmm. was that fair to say let's yeah. talk about that yeah i would say that the council gave uh, this is the second round um because we did give uh, some initial feedback and input and this is a roadway that community members anybody who lives uh uh east of Spring Creek Road on the north side of the city or in the middle between Highway 19 and Woodley there really have their options for getting into town are very, very limited. And on that particular side of our community, there are no pedestrian accommodations uh, on Wall Street Road or on Spring Creek Road, either side, really. And so this was an the roadway needs to get redeveloped, uh, reconstructed. Uh, it's in partnership with Rice County. Um, and so you have to work across governmental jurisdictions there. So we had our Rice County commissioners. We had city council members. Uh, and so there was an initial guidance. This second round was uh, our opportunity to really go out and meet with others and see if there was even another option that the council had greater comfort with 
that took into account preservation of trees on both sides of the roadway, quite frankly, because it's, it's heavily, uh, there's trees along both sides of the roadway. So we knew that there would be impacts. And then uh, what were and what should the pedestrian accommodations look like? Should it be a multi-use trail? Should it include sidewalks? Should it be on both sides of the roadway? And so ultimately, uh, after I think I, we were looking at it, that our city staff met with all council members, community members, Rice County commissioners, the Rice County engineer was out there at different times, uh, just really looking at the whole corridor on site and being able to see in real time what the possible impacts may be. And ultimately, the council landed on what people are well know now is option 3B, which uh, provides a four-foot-wide paved shoulder on either side of the roadway, but a multi-use trail uh, between 4th Street and Hall Avenue or Spring Creek Road on the north side. And as you continue going east, a multi-use trail on the south side of Wall Street Road. So those were, we've come, narrowed that scope uh, quite a bit, pretty substantially, actually, because we originally had a multi-use trail on the south side and on the north side. And for that segment of the roadway between, sorry, am I getting people confused? I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm really thinking about it as I'm talking about it to make sure I get the right segment here. We did have a, a sidewalk adjacent to uh, the bike trail on the north side between 4th and Hall, and that was removed as well. So we have, what is, what is a multi-use trail? I mean, what, uh, how many, I mean, obviously, I, I first thing that came to my mind was this bike trail, but the multi-use, we have a sidewalk and a multi-use trail. Um, what, 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 why do we need those and what are they? So on this project, just to clarify, this, the, the council approved what will be just one, one path. So there won't okay. be a separate okay. sidewalk mm-hmm. anymore. It will be mm-hmm. basically a 10 foot wide paved path that you can either walk on or bike on, and then you just got to make room as you're passing on your bicycle. Mm -hmm. So it's a shared one. And I think the reason that we modified, or one of the reasons it was modified Mm -hmm. is our complete streets policy does allow in some cases where there are unique circumstances of, you know, this case, unique vegetation and in uh, limited space, I guess, of some of the adjacent properties that would be impacted with a golf course and a nature preserve type area with the ARB. The, the council ended up modifying it to that model. I would say when we talked earlier about Milltown's trail, this roadway has been talked about, I think for decades too, of getting improved. I was out there this fall and there were literally hundreds of kids in high school and college. And I think probably middle school kids running on the roadway through there. There's no connection to the Mayflower neighborhood currently, as the mayor said. And we also heard from farmers. Uh, that's a major route that they use to get out to 19 for some of them. And they also want those people who are on the streets off of the street so they have a safe way to drive to not have to worry about the pedestrians and bikers. There's a lot going on in that small little stretch. And so this is an exciting improvement. Ultimately, because of all the different factors, the council had to do some modifications from what the general plan was. But this is going to be a 50-plus year project. It's going to connect our disconnected neighborhoods to downtown. Milltown's trail will go there. And there was a point, too, where past planning didn't think we'd be able to get what we're calling the spur into the downtown area for Milltown's trail. We're really excited that we'll be able to do that now with some engineering design to be able to connect right right in so that 
not only will our residents be able to get downtown, but when that Milltowns Trail gets connected, as the mayor said, to Red Wing eventually, which would be a great bike ride, they'll be able to come right downtown, you know, yeah. hit our restaurants, spend a little money in our downtown while they're, while they're biking through. Mm-hmm. So is this still on track all for, for 2024? Well, the extra, uh, well, probably uh, 24 construction, but it could go into 25, probably likely right now. We're going to be moving into the phase of acquiring some property, <laughs> private property, and finalizing construction documents. So planning to go out to bid uh, probably in the first or early second quarter of next year. So it's probably it could phase into a two-year period um, based on the initial, additional time we had to spend uh, look at these uh, potential alternative solutions. We're talking with uh, Mayor Pownell and City Administrator Marting about last night's council meeting. You know, one of the things about working the morning shift here is I I don't get the joy of driving by schools when they're starting up at uh, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, but I understand there's a lot of issues. There always have been because it's congested traffic during that time. Uh, But uh, Lincoln Parkway was talking, uh, was uh, focused last night. There have been a a walking and biking study done around Greenvale uh, uh, Elementary School. And uh, what did they find out? Do you get the results of the uh, survey last night? Yeah, so this was really, it was Bolton and Mink uh, that were giving us an update and on their recommendations. We'd had one open house over at Emmaus, uh, which is near, obviously, right along that corridor. And so it was just a really great opportunity, gathering spot. Appreciate that partnership. The, the church was willing to open up there and allow us to have that open house right there. Um, it was really well attended. There was some interest last night to ensure that we get younger families, people that are actually utilizing the corridor and trying to get their kids to school in the morning and picking them up in the afternoon. Um, So there's some more interest there. There was a request from council for that just to make sure that we're getting not just our retired, really important, wise community members, right? They're giving us feedback and input, but make sure that we got that younger generation. So yes, Bolton and Mink did give us uh, those updates and what their recommendations were for the corridor that runs pretty much from Dresden. It's the Lincoln Parkway from Dresden all the way to Cannon Valley Drive section and included some off-street bikeways. It included a couple of roundabouts, uh, changing up where the parking is along the street. So keeping that south side uh, of the parkway, uh, keeping that available for parking. Um, making it possible for some parking to still be added in on the north side, but really being strategic about where that is. Uh, Oftentimes, and you'll see in the pictures from the PowerPoint that was shared last night and that was captured previously, there's just a lot of confusion on where is the parking, where are you supposed to park, and where's the waiting, the pickup line. Mm -hmm. And previously, the pickup line and the parking line they were all in the same spot, and so people didn't know where they were supposed to be. And So when is this project uh, going to go through? Is that uh, 2024, or is this uh, further out in the future? Yeah, this is a, a studying the existing conditions, mm-hmm. so it's not in a capital plan right now. Uh, we did have some cost estimates. I don't have them in front of me right here, but that'll, that's kind of got added last night as additional detail. So what we're looking at as kind of a full build-out. Uh, to try and come up with a design of what we think would be the right design for that corridor. We know there are a lot of, uh, even though we always will have peak demand challenges around schools, 
there are improvements that must be done uh, in the Greenville area now that we kind of see how things are functioning down there with the new school. Um, but so we're going to end up finalizing what the council will end up getting additional feedback, working with the school district, families, other people in the neighborhood, coming back at the end of the year for um, after those um, are completed to wrap up a study. We'll also be looking at incremental, like where could we work this in? Likely what might happen is there might be some components might be done sooner and then maybe a full blown later, but we'll be looking at some of those options because we also got to factor in cost and, you know, kind of plan it and say what makes financial sense and what are the priorities to get done. So uh, we'll be working it into our plan. So right now there's nothing in there, but I would anticipate um, as this plan gets finalized, some very early discussions probably with the council and the school about how we can accommodate and, and implement some of these ideas. We only have a minute or two left, uh, mm-hmm. but we do have uh, the budget to talk about. You're in that cycle right now where you're planning. Uh, you know, all the departments are getting their budgets together for 2024. You had long-range financial planning, uh, the mm-hmm. forecast last night. Uh, talk about that discussion. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit last week about this uh, while you were out, uh, Jeff. And mm-hmm. uh, but the, we we brought some options to the council to take a look to see if there's anything we can do for the 24 budget to make some cost savings to bring the tax levy down a little bit on the preliminary. So staff brought back 350,000 um, changes that we had a combination of reducing expenses and reserves. Um, so I would say took a look at some areas where maybe we could reprioritize we got some state funding that we dipped into to help you know buy us some time while we have some peaks in our um in our tax levy primarily due to debt and inflationary costs and some maintenance uh underfunded maintenance that we're trying to work on so the council overall was supportive of that they recognized the challenges that we're in so it got us down to uh, reduce that by about three hundred and fifty thousand. so gets us to uh, about a uh about a half a percent tax rate increase, which translate to a 9% overall increase. One thing I also updated to the council that when you look at our peer cities and our preliminary levy compared to the other cities, we already in this year are the fifth lowest in our peer cities for city taxes total. Interesting thing is even with the levy preliminary levy of 11.5%, we actually go lower. We move down to the fourth lowest of our 14 peer groups. And that's because these other cities are facing similar issues. The average increase is about 9.3% for our peer group. So um, we know that there are challenges. We know we've seen some increases. But when you look comparatively, we sit pretty well. We did have a lot of discussion, too, about our ongoing efforts to try and grow our tax base as well with the community. Um, So I think we've got some direction from the council. Uh, Now we'll be going out to inform the public more on on the budget. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll have uh, further conversations about that in the future. We want to thank both of you for coming in today. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Marding.